here and mess with the electricity. I don't know. I'm just going to, it don't matter to me. So uh, I don't care what the devil's doing, and I'm all about what God's doing. So, uh, wow. Well, God's stirring something up in us. I'm so thankful that he is uh, being faithful, and, and I believe we just need to continue to, to follow him and be obedient and, and, and respond to him. Uh, he's, he's got the, he's got the path all marked out. He's got the, the way to go. Uh, you know, I love that. Uh, we've sang two songs in the last two weeks where it's talked about, you know, Jesus, you're, you're Lord, you're my vision. You're, in other words, you're the one that, that gives me the vision to see into the future to where I know, Hey, I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm going to go there with you, Lord. I, I want to walk forward in you. I, w- I want to see something more than where I'm at. I want, I want to move beyond, uh, where I've been. And he doesn't want us to stay stuck. That's why he, he gives us vision. That's why we, we have hope. That's why things are stirred in us so that, we, so that we move forward, so that we step over things, so that we choose to climb mountains or speak to the mountains or whatever we're supposed to do with the, the barriers and the things that come into our lives that, that stand against us. Maybe when we go around them, whatever. I'm going to keep moving forward in Jesus, in the Lord, following him, being guided by his spirit. Amen. So open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. We're going we're gonna to be doing part two of multiply yourself. Oh, it's even on the screen. Thank you, Corey. Corey does an awesome job with our media. He's taken over that. So uh, if you wonder why it looks so cool now, it's because of Corey. So, uh, amen. <laughs> you go, Corey. <clears throat> Last week, and I see, there's a few of you who weren't here last week, so I'm going to do a quick summary. I encourage you, especially if you're a part of our church body, that you need to hear last week's message. It was very important. You need to get it online. You need to download it, uh, listen to it a couple different times maybe. Uh, I don't say that every week because, uh, you know what, sometimes, eh, it was all right. But uh, I think God, <laughs> I mean, it's just reality. You preach 50 times a year, and you know what? Uh, sometimes God highlights different ones and says, hey, this is, this, is, this is important for you to focus on. I really believe that uh, last week. So uh, get that online on our website or podcast, download that. Uh, but we talked about multiplying yourself. And it's based off of this scripture in Acts 9.31. Let me go ahead and uh, read that. We'll shoot that up there. It says, uh, I'm going to read it from up here. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And so last week we kind of focused in on the power of multiplication in God's kingdom. God's kingdom, in God's realm, God's family works on the idea of multiplication. And we use an example, I think, which is a great example of how multiplication works in the natural. You know, I brought up Kelly, and I won't bring him up this week, but I asked him a question. I said, Kelly, I'm going to give you a choice. I will hand, and this was just an pr- example, not a, not a true thing that I can actually do. Kelly, I want you to choose between either getting a million dollars today. How many wants a million dollars today? Okay, I don't have it, just like last week. I still don't have it. In one week, it hasn't accumulated in my bank account. I would give it to you, uh, maybe some of it. Um, so, 
least 10%, right? Um, so I said, you know, would you choose a million dollars or your other choice is I will give you $1 today. And then tomorrow, I will give you $2. And then the third day, we will double that again. It will be $4. And so on and so forth. And Kelly rightly chose to start with $1. I don't know if he had a, he's a math major or what, but he, he, just, he just had the right answer. Because if you chose the million dollars, you'd have a million dollars. But if you chose to get a dollar a day and multiply it for 30 or 31 days, I don't remember which one it is, but for a month, we'll say it's a long month, so 31 days, multiplied out, how much money would you have in the end? Over $1 billion. That's the power of multiplication. It starts small, but over time, it's greater. And so God says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bear fruit in your life. You know, we talked about the parable of the, the sower where the, the seed gets on the good soil and it says it produces that our lives in God, when he puts the good seed in us and we have good soil in our hearts, that, that we produce 30, 60, or 100 times what was sown. That's a big multiplication right there, 30 times. How many would you take 30 times, right? And we're not talking about... Money, necessarily. God does multiply our money sometimes. I don't know why he does it some for others. I did read in the talent parable of the talents this morning where it says he gave each to their ability. And I think that's the key to it. But God multiplies stuff in our lives. But we talked about one key thing about fruit. God calls the stuff that, that's born in our life. He says, if you abide in me, if you live in me, if you dwell in me, you will bear fruit. In other words, good things will come out. He said, you know, we t there's fruit of the Spirit. We talked Wednesday about that. We talked to, it would sound weird if it was the vegetables of the Spirit, right? You know, something that sound weird? If you abide in me, you will bear much vegetables. <laughs> it just sounds better as fruit. But I think there's a reason that God chose fruit to be an illustration because of this. Fruit has in itself the ability both to nourish and to multiply. When you eat an apple, and there may be a few fruits where you eat the seeds. Okay, I get that. But in general, fruits, you can eat the fruit and nourish yourself, but you still have a seed left over afterward where you can plant and not only get one fruit, you get a whole tree. So every good thing that God, God bursts in us, yes, we want to we consume that. We want to be blessed by that. But it's meant to be multiplied where I plant it in somebody else's life and it grows into a tree and has much fruit. And so I won't want to be a consumer. The American church has generally become consumers. We're about, man, what did I get from the sermon on Sunday? What did I get from the worship on Sunday? What, you know, what's, what am I getting from my family in the youth ministry or the children's ministry? That has nothing to do with the kingdom because, yeah, you're supposed to get something, but most of it is supposed to be given away to be multiplied in other people's lives because they need it. We're in a needy time right now, and that's exactly what happened with the first church. They were, they were the... One of the best churches, I think, because they started purely by God, the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2. And it says they began to multiply. There were things that happened where their lives were poured into others. How do I multiply myself? I share my life. I plant the good things of God in someone else's life. It may start small, but if every single one of us took one extra person to pour our lives into in one year, our church would double. 
Doesn't mean they would all have to stay here in fellowship with us. They may move on to somewhere else and plant seeds and produce and produce and produce and be sent around the world. But there's a multiplication happening because that's how God's kingdom works. So that was last week in, in a nutshell. That was a pretty good nutshell. So Acts 9.31, it says this, that the church enjoyed a time of peace. It was built up and walked in the fear of the Lord and the, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. So I want to just look real briefly today at the three characteristics of this church from this verse. That's all I want to look at. Is this all there is to multiplication? No. You know, you know I'm... Never mind. Okay, I'm going to start preaching like two weeks message from now. So, you know, it's interesting. Let me just tell you this. Next week, my wife's preaching, so you can have a break from me. Um, but in two weeks, probably, we might be looking at, anybody remember a miracle where Jesus multiplied something? What is that? You can speak it out. The loaves and fishes, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, that's the only miracle that appears in every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the only one. That tells me there's something important about it. If God chose to put it in every single book, you know, he didn't put every single account in each one. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's different emphasis in each gospel. But that story shows up in every single one. When things get in Jesus' hands, what happens? They multiply. What was the multiplication for? Not just for the disciples. It wasn't for the disciples so that they could eat. They could have eaten the five loaves and two fish. I don't know. Maybe Peter was hungry. You know, it may not have fed all of them, you know. But, you know, at least a little bit of some. A little piece of bread, a little piece of fish. Hold me over till tomorrow morning. But the multiplication was for the multitude. For the people. Anyway, that's message two. I already preached it, so I don't have to do it in two weeks. Um, there's three keys to the church here. There's three characteristics of the church in Acts 9.31. The first one is this. It says it was built up. Hey, flash that verse back. Oh, I got Corey. Corey's working. It says, and was being built up. You know, that's that's a key to... Multiplying myself and someone else, sharing my life, pouring my life into someone else. You know, if, if I'm not strong, if I'm not strengthened and built up, I'm, A, not going to want to do that, right? You know, when you're, when you're discouraged or, you know, in, in a rough time, not feeling strong in the Lord, does it make you want to share your, your relationship with God with someone else? Not usually. I mean, that's not the first thing I'm thinking of. The first thing I'm thinking of is, is can I get away by myself? Right? Let me just go be by myself and be alone. And it's not for prayer. <laughs> it's it's to moan and groan and uh, woe is me, you know, to, to to be sorry for myself. But when I'm built up, man, I want to share something. When I'm feeling strong, that's when I need to, I want to get something out. And Scripture says there's three ways we're built up. Real quickly here. Ephesians 3, 16 says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. One of the ways we're built up is, first of all, the Holy Spirit. 
We've got to be connected to him. What did Jesus say in John 15? If you abide in me, if you dwell in me, you will bear much fruit. So you've got to have a connection to Jesus that is alive and living and flowing and daily and consistent 24-7. The Holy Spirit builds us up because when I am with God, I am built up. Man, when we come together and we worship together, we're built up by the presence of God. What's, there's something amazing that happens during worship. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is touching our hearts. And when I get alone with God, the Holy Spirit touches my heart. He speaks to me through his word. He gently encourages me. He takes things out of my life. He says, this doesn't belong. But all the while, I am being built up. The second way we're built up is with one another. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says this. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. We're, that's part of the, the goal of the family of God is that I can look at you. I can come with you. Hey, how are you doing? And then I can speak at me. You know what, Shane? Man, I see some good things that God is doing in your life. I believe in you, Shane. How, much, how many of us need to just have someone say, I believe in you? I believe in you. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the most important things we can say to one another as believers. Hey, I believe in you. I believe in you, Lisa. I believe in you. God's got his hand on you. It's awesome. It's awesome to see what he's doing. And so we need that from one another. We build each other up. We are being built up together as living stones, as the, as the church. Third way. See, the Holy Spirit builds us up, our relationship with him in our inner self. One another, we build each other up. And then Jude 20 says this. It says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. One of the, the other way we're built up, and if you've heard Pastor Ashley preach on uh, your prayer language and speaking in tongues, that we, are, we edify ourselves. What does edify mean? It means we're being built up. We are being strengthened on the inside. When I pray in the Spirit... I am built up on the inside. I can tell when I'm not praying in the Spirit as much. And if you don't have your prayer language yet, God can release that to you. And you know what? If you don't have your prayer language yet, let the Holy Spirit fill you and pray in English then. So you'd probably be built up too. But praying in the Spirit builds you up. So if you're discouraged and down, you... You're going to have to make the effort, but you can choose to pray. So this church here, part of the reason it's multiplied, it was built up. It was strong. Because when you have a strong tree, it's going to produce more fruit. And it's going to produce fruit that's going to stand against storms and pestilence and insects that try to eat it things that come against it because it's built up it is strengthened so first of all we need that strength and we get it from all three of those places we can't just get you can't just get it with you and god did i just say that <laughs> the bible says we need one another so that that means the whole Go off in a monastery by yourself. It's a nice idea for a season, maybe. But you cannot long-term be strong without the family of God. Man, I, I just need somebody to encourage me. 
Sometimes I'm having a hard time hearing God. He's probably saying the same things, but I'm having a hard time getting it through. I need somebody else to come alongside me and say the same thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's kind of a different voice. It wakes me up to what God has already been saying to me. So we need to be built up. Number two is this. What does it say? It says they walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked in the fear of the Lord. Now, there's no way I can talk about the fear of the Lord in just a few minutes and explain it fully. I'm not even saying I fully could explain it. (laughs) Here's what I know about the fear of the Lord. If I were to break it down into one thing, it would mean that I live my life in a way that what God thinks matters most. What God thinks matters most. That's basically walking in the fear of the Lord. It's not being afraid of God. Is he going to get me today? Is he going to get me today? No. Well, if you're saved, then you're already saved. So he's not going to get you. <laughs> just walk Just walk in, in, in the, the assurance of your salvation. But it says several things about the fear of the Lord in Scripture. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's the beginning of knowledge. So I don't really know anything until I live my life in a way where what God thinks matters most in my life. True knowledge comes through the fear of the Lord. What's the second one? Proverbs 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If I want to truly have wisdom, I must live in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. How many of you want a fountain of life flowing in you? Amen? I want a fountain of life. In, in my spiritual life, there is a fountain, part of the fountain. I'm not saying this is the only fountain there is where God blesses our life. But it says, hey, look, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. So if you're living in such a way where what God thinks and what God says matters most, that will be a fountain of life to you. That will bring health to your, to your body sometimes. It will be health to your mind, to your spirit, to your soul. And here's the word that the Lord gave me about the fear of the Lord um, is this, that the fear of the Lord brings freedom from anxiety. Because, you know, a lot of the things we get anxious about is ultimately we care what someone else thinks. And there's a good part of that. Like, I want to care what my wife thinks, right? You want to, you know, as children, you want to care what your parents think. You know, assuming they're good parents. I mean, there's a good part of that. I'm not, it has nothing to do with that. But if God said something and Ashley said something different to me, I need to go with God. That can be a challenging thing sometimes. If I know, again, this is not just me going off my own deal, but if I know that God's saying something to me, Ashley says, says something different, I'm in a dilemma. Do I make my wife mad? <laughs> She doesn't really get mad that much. I mean, it's hard to get her mad. 
I've tried. <laughs> how, many th- how many think I can get Ashley mad? Never mind. Don't ask that question. Let's move on. I always get in the marriage illustrations, and they're just bad. So me and my brother. <laughs> I need to care what God thinks most. And a lot of times when, when you get anxious about something, when you're, when you're, you know, when you can't sleep at night, when something's, oh, man, you're just worried about it, it's really because I care what somebody else thinks or what they're going to do more than I care what God thinks or what God will do. I've given them authority over my life. There's a lot of anxiety that comes from being worried about what someone else is going to do or think when I do whatever. I think it's very freeing. Every other fear in our lives will bring us into bondage to anxiety. But only the fear of the Lord will bring freedom from anxiety. Because then I am walking in a way where God is on the throne of my life. What he says matters most. What he thinks matters most. What he does matters most. Man, the church in Acts chapter 9, the early church, that's what they were walking in. I don't think it just randomly through, you know, Luke wrote the book of Acts. I don't think... That the Holy Spirit just said, let me just throw in a different word here and say the fear of the Lord. No, this was very specific. There was something going on in this moment. What was happening in the church right at that moment was right before it, Saul had been persecuting and killing all the Christians, and then he got saved. And then they brought him in, and they were a little bit nervous about, man, is this guy really saved? Or is, he, is this like kind of like a, you know, going to spy kind of sneak in on us get to know us and then you know turn us all over or something they were a little bit nervous but there was something that happened where they they then begin to welcome saul and i think they chose to say you know what lord we fear you more than what saul could do even if he's not real that was good man thank you jesus i don't i don't say that for myself i'm just believing that the lord is speaking through me so if you're a guest and Trust me. (laughs) We don't need to let anxiety rule our lives as followers of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, because I don't know everybody in here today, then you can open the door of your life, the, the door of your heart at any time. There's an open door, just like that picture. Jesus, in fact, is the door. He is the way we enter through into forgiveness and freedom and spiritual life and how we are saved for him. We're not just saved from hell. We are saved for him. We are saved into his kingdom. We are saved to be his children. And all I have to do ultimately is turn my life over to him, say yes to him, say, yes, I receive that gift. I I believe that what you have done and what you've said is for me. And I will follow you all my life, Lord. That's, that's, that's how you walk through the door. Jesus is the open door. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a lot of freedom from anxiety that can come just as we give our hearts to the Lord. But I really feel like that, that was a word for some in here to say, hey, let's not let anxiety r- rule our lives. You know, we don't, we don't have to live. You know, there's, there's, 
there's all kinds of stuff going around now. It seems like people are more ruled by anxiety and panic attacks and all, the, all these stuff. Look, that's not the way believers have to live. We don't have to do that. We can choose to allow that to still run my life. But I'm going to say, you know what? No, Jesus is running my life. I am walking in the fear of the Lord. What he thinks and says matters most. And God says, hey, look, be anxious for nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Cast your cares on me. Cast your anxieties upon me, for I care for you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are all things that, that, that God has said in his word. Be free from anxiety. Walk in the fear of the Lord. Number three. What does it say in Acts 9.31? It says they were living or walking in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is called what in the Scriptures sometimes? Comforter. There's a reason that he has that name being called him, because that's part of who he is and what he does and what he brings. And the word comfort here really kind of has... Two general ideas. Number one, it's the general word that we know, comfort. Hey, when, you, when you're down and you just, need, you just need a hug. If you need a hug, you need a, you know, and you just, you just get an embrace from God where he just comforts you. There's something that rough that's happened in your life, and, and the Holy Spirit just comes and, and gently calms you down and says, I'm with you. I mean, that's the biggest comfort of all, that God says, hey, look, I'm with you. I will never leave you. But there's another part of this word, there's kind of another connotation, another nuance, another way that this word, is, and it has the idea of urging us or, or propelling us or exhorting us into something. You know, we need the comfort part, but as we're being comfortable, the Holy Spirit is, is, is a master. He's, he's amazing because when he's comforting us, he's also leading us forward, saying we're going to step into something new. You know what? Because we need the comfort because, man, God, I'm, I don't know if I can go there. I don't know if I can step into that. Can I really trust the Lord to bring healing in my heart in this area? The Holy Spirit comes and comforts us, and then he urges us. He, he exhorts us. He says, let's, let's move forward. We're not supposed to just stay here in comfort and hide. That's not what it's about. We're, supposed to, we're not supposed to be hide. We're supposed to be healed. We're supposed to be strengthened and built up. That's part of the way that that happens too in our relationship with him, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he fills us with peace. And sometimes in the middle of that peace, then he pushes us into the storms of others. Because I am then bearing peace in my life. I am receiving from the Holy Spirit. And so then I am able to step into someone else's storm. Jesus stepped into the storm of the disciples. He was on the boat with them. He was in the storm, but he was never being controlled by the storm. It says Jesus was asleep on the boat in the middle of the storm because the storm had no hold on him. When the storm has no hold on you and you're with others around you, you have authority then to speak to that storm because the peace of God is ruling your mind and your heart, your emotions, so you can speak with authority to the storm and release peace and calm. Part of multiplying myself is then I receive the comfort 
and I pass it on to somebody else. In 2 Corinthians, it says we comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And I truly believe that when God ministers something in our life, it's not just for me. It's meant to be shared with somebody else. Because I receive something, I can plant it in somebody else. Thank you, Lord. So let God sink some of these things in. If you're saying, man, God, I just don't feel like I'm I'm worthy of, of sharing something with someone else. We have, like I said last week, we first of all have to believe that I have something worth sharing. If you have a relationship with God, you have something worth sharing with someone else. God has put something good in you. He lives in you. So there is all the resources of heaven are available to be released in your life through you to someone else. Yes, it's going to feed you. Yes, it's going to touch you. But you've got to believe that you can do it, that that you're worthy enough. I mean, ultimately, God is, that's what it is. Are you worthy enough? Yes, you are. You're a child of God. Are you a follower of Jesus? You're a child of God. You're his, you're his son or his daughter. So you are worthy. You're a king's kid. Whatever royalty, whatever word makes you be released and confident, be confident in that and build yourself up. Get in relationship with God. Let other people encourage you and speak into your life. Pray. Pray in the spirit. Ask God to release that gift in you. If you're still seeking that, it took me a long time too. Don't worry. You don't, it took me a long time to figure out how not to figure it out. <laughs> For those of you that speak in tongues, you know you just, you're not going to figure it out. I had to figure out that I couldn't figure it out. So it took me a long time. So if, you're, if it's taking you a long time, just say you're right with Pastor John. You're awesome. So, okay? So, you know, that's okay. But don't give up. Keep pressing in and saying, God, release, release this in my life. Lord, is there something blocking it? Is, is, there, is there something going on? Fear of the Lord. And let's live in the fear of the Lord as a church, that we care what God thinks more than anybody else. I don't want to think, I don't want to care what anybody else in our city thinks in, in a good way if I'm first not looking to the Lord. And thirdly, We're going to live in his comfort and his exhortation, his, his appeal, his, his urging in our lives. So I want you all to stand. Everybody stand up. Because we're, we're not really done today. We're just, we're just going to put a comma here and then uh, have some time together to share a meal, to fellowship. Man, one of the, one of the things the early church did, which says they ate together, is good things happen when you eat together. Amen. <laughs> Good things happen when you eat. But we're we're going to put a we're going to put a comma here, fellowship, have a good time, share together, and then we're going to have we're going to really share some vision at our, at our meeting this year. It's not just going to be the numbers. It's going to be a little bit different. We're going to we're going to have our our youth leaders share what their heart is. We're going to have some different people share what's going on so we can kind of just catch the heart of what God is doing in our body right now. But right now I want you to uh Join hands with somebody else. Let's make all the rows one row. We don't have to. I don't know if we can all connect. That may not be be possible. But at least where you're, where you're, you got somebody else's hand. Um, 
Well, just join, just join over there if you want. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just ask the Lord to multiply us. And this is not about saying, okay, we want a double the size of church. That's great if that happens. But I want I want to see what God's doing in my life. I want us to multiply. So can we just, let's, let's just begin to pray. Just, you all begin to pray on your own. Everybody begin to pray. Just ask the Lord in your own life, in your own family, in your own, in your own marriage, you know, to begin to multiply, to begin to, to, to build us up. If there's, a, if there's something that the Lord shows you, the Holy Spirit may speak to you. says, you need to be built up more. You're a little weak, so I need, I need some extra time. You need to get together with some of your brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We, we, we thank you for the things you're doing in us personally and, Lord, as a church family. We, we are so excited about what you're doing, Lord. We want to we wanna walk in the fear of the Lord, whatever that means. Teach us what that means. Holy Spirit, you lead us into that. Lord, let us, let us care what you think more than anyone else, Father. Lord, I pray that, that our church family would be just an anxious, free zone. Lord, that we can go into the world and we can release your peace like never before. There's people that are anxious about so many things, whether it's the economy, the government, the future, what's going on, where they're going to get a job, where they're going to get this or that, uh, how to store all the money they're earning in Midland, whatever it may be, Lord, how to keep their job. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can release your peace as we're walking in the power of your presence, Father, as we're living with you as the Lord of our lives, Father. We thank you for making us a church that lives like that, that walks with you, that is being built up, that is ministering to one another, that is, that is building each other up in our faith, that is encouraging one another, that is speaking life, that is declaring our belief in one another, Father, that we are such that we are also such in a relationship with you where we are comforted, we are at peace, and we are able to share that and speak with authority into the storms of other people's lives. We invite you to, to multiply us, God. Multiply us in someone else, Father. Let us share our life, our spiritual life with someone else. Let us bring something good that they need in their lives. Let us be intentional, Father. It's not going to happen just by accident. It's not going to happen by going through the same routines that we go through every week. Help us learn how to change, God. If there's anything we need to change in our schedule, tweak our time with you, God, whether it's getting together with someone else saying, I'm going to get together with this person. I've got to have lunch with them. I've got to, to have them over for dinner at night. Whatever it is, Father, help us, show us, lead us, guide us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord. And we choose to be good soil. We say, Lord, make us good soil. Make us good soil so that your seed gives us 30, 60, or 100 times what is sown into our lives. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stay. If you're a guest, at least stay for lunch. If you don't want to stay for the meeting, you don't have to. But you can stay. Everybody stay and eat. And we need a few guys to get some tables out and turn this into an eating area. So be blessed. <laughs>